0: That's investherherr.com promo code 100 best ever to get $100 off your ticket
1: people don't remember a great pitch they remember a great conversation and that's really what you want you have and a lot of people sort of waffle on for too long and people are standing there who are receiving the pitch scratching their head and like what are you are you an investor are you you know you never be pitching someone and they're scratching their head going i don't know what you do or what you are so the sort of the name same claim to fame goal in the game is a concise way of getting to the point really quickly
0: best ever listeners before today's episode i want to invite you to join us in keystone colorado february 20th through 22nd It is the 2020 Best Ever Conference. And not only do I want to invite you to join us, I want to invite you to earn 15% for every ticket that you're responsible for selling should you join as an affiliate for the conference. Great way to earn money. And also, if you're planning on attending, great way to pay for your ticket, essentially. You get enough sales. So you can go to BEC20.com. And in the top left corner, it says earn 15% as an affiliate. You can click that, join the affiliate program, and you got all the resources that you need to share the good word about the Best Ever Conference in Keystone, Colorado. And we will be talking more about this on future episodes. But for now, go check out BEC20.com. And that affiliate page, you can earn 15% as an affiliate. And we will see you in Keystone, Colorado. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. First off, hope you're having a best ever weekend because today is Sunday. Got a special segment for you called Skill Set Sunday. And here is the skill. A lot of you are going to like this. It's the six P's of raising capital like a pro with us today to talk through that. Reed Goosens. How you doing, Reed? Good I, Mike. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, nice to have you back. And as I swig water because I was choking on a bean that I was eating earlier, <laughs> I am looking forward to our conversation. And you said nice to have you back, and that is because you loyal best ever listeners know this. Reed was a guest on the show twice, actually. One episode 102 titled Your Blueprint for Getting Started in Real Estate. And that was a long time ago. <laughs> long, and then yeah. let's see, well, the date. Okay, I'm looking at it. it aired December 13th, 2014. Wow. We've known each other for a while. <laughs> yeah. And then the next episode, episode 593, it's titled "Filling re Good, because here's why it means big business, and it's a Skillset Sunday episode. So today, we're going to be focusing on the six Ps of raising capital like a pro. Reed's in the middle of his book tour. Reed's also the founder of Wildhorn Capital, a large multifamily investing firm, host of the podcast, Investing in the U.S., and author of two books, So first, Reid, how about just give us a refresher on your background and your current focus, and then let's dive right into the six Ps of raising capital.
1: Sure. So for everyone who didn't listen to those many years ago, originally from Australia, moved out here in 2012, just quit my job in Aussie and just wanted to follow a dream, moved to New York City, fell in love with an American girl, fell in love with New York City, Came here, didn't have a job, didn't go to school here. Yeah, found a job pretty quickly, and I think within six months of moving to the United States, I had purchased my first triplex for thirty thousand bucks. And the barriers to entry are completely different in Australia than they are here in the U.S. And my background's in structural engineering. And since 2012, I now control with my business partner Andrew at WildHorn, I think 150 million dollars worth of multifamily real estate, and I've been really enjoying the journey. Obviously, got my podcast as well and a couple of books out. So that's really the focus in the last seven years, and my sort of whole mission and little motto is if I can move ten thousand miles across the globe and achieve financial freedom through us real estate then so can the average american just got to get off the fence so that's a bit of the elevator snapshot pitch whatever you want to call about it What's your latest book about? The latest book is called 10,000 Miles to the American Dream. About three and a half years ago, I brought together a group of seven other Aussies, all Aussie blokes, who out made a pilgrimage to come across the Pacific and make a go over here in the United States. And I started a mastermind. Through that mastermind, we just did a monthly call at the beginning. We met up a few times, and then we said, hey, guys, we need to write a book, share our story with the world. And- each one of us wrote a chapter, and that book has just been launched on July fourth, two thousand and nineteen. And we just started kick the book tour in Asheville, and going really, really well. It's called Ten Thousand Miles to the American Dream: Our Story of Financial Freedom. And again, if, if a lot of Aussieisms in there, and if Aussie blokes can move halfway across the world and, and achieve financial freedom, then, then so can the average American. So, so yeah. Are there only eight chapters? There's only eight chapters, but it's quite Those dense. Are big, big they're chapters. Dense, the dense chapters. <laughs> <laughs> How
0: did you all divide and conquer? Are they? chapters that stand alone or is there a flow
1: to it? Good question. Surprisingly, we all had different niches in real estate. So, so one of the guys is into real estate technology. He came out here and started a real estate technology firm in Silicon Valley. Another guy's into mobile home park investing. Another gentleman has started a complete fix and flip business in Texas. I'm also involved in multifamily and a bit about branding and raising capital there's a few other people in there about philosophy of just growing wealth and how to grow wealth. So really just different aspects is hotel investing chapter in there as well. Cause one of the gentlemen is in hotels in San Francisco. So really wide range of stuff, but in and around my story of how I brought everyone together and really was just like, okay, let's have a beer and being an entrepreneur is kind of lonely. And I want to surround myself with other Aussies who are doing the same thing. So that's what we did.
0: You are on your book tour now. You have a presentation, and that
1: is the six Ps of raising capital like a pro. Yep. Would love to learn that. Sure. So through just observation, when I first moved to the United States, I saw all these people, including yourself, Joe, just emulating these six Ps. And I sort of sat down and wrote an ebook and I actually started with four Ps, and then I added two more to them. So without further ado, let's just dive into it. And the six Ps are as follows. It's professionalism, pitch, practice, Profile, platform, and patience. And I'll go through them one by one. The professionalism part, the first P, is really about being professional. A lot of people are concerned and have these mindset barriers that, oh, I can't get involved in real estate because I don't have all this years of experience. Well, I'm here to tell you that no one's just born with 10 years or 15 years worth of real estate investing experience. We all have a story. We all have a journey. And that is where you have to lean on past careers or past journeys to bring a professionalism to the table that people are going to want to invest in. that really starts by just rocking up being punctual dressing correctly being on time making sure you're articulate and and trying to get across a message and it's a simple p but one that some people tend to overlook and it's in and around mindset the second p well a question on professional part and dressing
0: appropriately so should everyone wear suits and ties or really fancy dresses i don't know what women wear to make them look professional
1: but business pants or whatever no, it's uniquely you. This whole six is about un- unearthing what is you and really looking deep into yourself and looking deep into what your brand is going to be to then emulate it to the world. You obviously you don't look like a slob, but look at the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world. They coined the fashion of just wearing a hoodie and jeans on stage. So definitely we live in a world where professionalism means a different bunch of things and... Looking one way is just one part of being professional, obviously the way in which you host your presence, being communicative with your audience, with your investors, and really laying the foundation to be a thought leader in your sphere. Now you don't have to go out and be the next Tony Robbins or the next Joe Fairless, but you can be a key person of influence within your sphere. And that's what you have to realize. And that we're all standing on a mountain of value and that value needs to be shared with your sphere and and people will come to you as being the real estate expert. And that's really the whole purpose of the first P. Okay. Okay pitch. Pitch. Awesome. So pitch is, I love this. Pitching effectively is really quite hard. And in the chapter that I wrote, it's all about pitching effectively. And I've coined this little sort of phrase and pitching, there's sort of three levels of pitching. There's a social pitch, there's a scheduled pitch, and then there's a sales pitch. And, and a social pitch is where you deliver that in a social setting. And people never think when they leave a networking event or anything like that, that they, oh, geez, that was a really good pitch. A really good pitch is really a good start to a conversation. So the way in which I've formed the pitching formula is really quite simple. So when you're in a social setting, you want to have your social pitch ready. And we'll talk about that in 30 seconds, but then From a social pitch, you want to get out your phones and you want to get on a scheduled pitch, which is maybe a coffee or a beer or get on a phone together. And that will be at some later point in time. And in that intermediary time, you are about to send them the pitch deck or a little bit of data about yourself, maybe direct them to your website. And then the final pitch is the sales pitch where you have a live deal and you're answering investor questions and objections or whatever that might be. So pitching effectively in the whole sort of ecosystem of pitching is really going from one, from social pitch to schedule pitch to sales pitch. And when we're in a social setting, Whole Martin Luther King pitch, the I Have a Dream. You're not going to change someone's mind with one pitch, and your pitch will need to be practiced thousands and thousands of times, and. Like with Martin Luther King, he practiced it many, many times across the South before he became on the Washington Monument. And that's the way we all have to pitch as well. So I've come up with this little way of, it's a little form, it's called name, same, claim to fame, goal, and a game. And I'll repeat that again. It's name, same. So you can read Goosen's. I'm a real estate investor. My claim to fame originally when I first moved to the United States was that I moved across the world, quit my job in Australia, and I moved to the United States to follow a dream. My goal is that I want to help 10,000 international folks realize the benefits of investing here in the United States in order to become financially free. So there is an effective pitch. It's less than 30 seconds. It engages someone in a way that they want to have a follow-up conversation. You never want to be pitching in a way where in Australia or the British way, they sort of pat you on the shoulders like, oh, well done. Good luck. You want to evoke emotion. So when you're pitching at someone, people like to hear something big and bold. Like the Martin Luther King, I have a dream speech. It was emotive. It got people... It's stirred emotions within someone. And you can have obviously positive and negative emotions, but you want to be able to become emotive. And so people are engaging what you're trying to do in order to get to a scheduled pitch to then get to a sales pitch.
0: I love the fame part because it really makes us think about what makes us interesting to other people. And if we're interesting to other people, then people will tend to gravitate to us. And quite frankly, we'll just be a more enjoyable conversation because Your journey is interesting. I'm sure you enjoy talking about your journey, and other people will find it interesting as well. What's
1: something that people mess up on within the pitch category? So over the weekend, I just did a whole day seminar on it, and people waffle. And the whole idea of name, same, claim to fame, goal in a game, it's about getting that waffle into a very concise 30-second opener essentially you're trying to open a conversation to lead into oh wow so you moved halfway across the world what's that all about why people don't remember a great pitch they remember a great conversation and that's really why you want you have and a lot of people sort of waffle on for too long and people are standing there who are receiving the pitch scratching their head and like what are you are you an investor are you you know you never be pitching someone and they're scratching their head going i don't know what you do or what you are so the sort of the name same claim to fame goal in the game is a concise way of getting to the point really quickly cool practice is that that so professionalism, pitch profile we're going to talk a little bit about it's 2019 you're going to be on google people are going to google you so that is where people are going to have to say okay well i'm going to invest with this person so i'm going to have to have a website i'm going to have to have professional images taken of myself headshots logos all that stuff contributes to being that professionalism across to the table It's not a really over massive P, but it's a P that is sometimes overlooked and and making sure that your profile is coherent across all different social medias, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, your message is the same, um, is really important and making sure you have something to say on your website. So when people come and want to find out a little bit more about you, they know where to go. And for whatever reason, people like to see things written down and we live in a day and age where a website is essentially the new business plan, right? So people want to go to your website, they want to find out who you are, they want to read a little bit more about you. They want to read some blogs that you might've done, your thoughts on X topic. So it's really important to have a coherent profile. And then that starts with headshots, logos, websites, and stuff like that.
0: Okay. Makes sense.
1: Next one is the platform. So platform being about how are you going to get your message out to people? And right now we're talking on a podcast and I know Joe, you taught me back in the day that you could leverage certain mediums like YouTube or iTunes, or you could leverage writing articles whatever you do, you have to be consistent and you've got to choose a platform which you're good at. So for me, I didn't particularly like writing. So when I started my podcast, I liked speaking. Audio was, came really quite naturally to me. I tried videos. Videos were okay, but whatever platform you do choose to communicate with your investors with, you have to be consistent. So whether you choose just to do a simple monthly newsletter with a couple of blogs that you've written. Fantastic. But you have to be consistent with it. And I think the biggest thing people fail is they start something like a podcast or like a blog and they just give up after six months. And and I know, Joe, you know, after doing what 1,700 episodes that how important consistency is and choosing that right platform and medium to get across your message to your audience. So that's the platform P.
0: Have you started anything from a platform standpoint that fizzled out and you took a different
1: direction yeah videos i had a youtube channel it's not very popular but i tried to go once a week on the top of culver city hill and try to set up a camera and try to donate bags under my eyes like it was just it was a lot <laughs> it was just like oh this is such a pain and then i've got to edit the bloody thing it was just it was too much so i now just record some video with my with podcast and i just throw up the podcast but it just didn't work out as successfully as i thought it would so it just takes a lot more effort with the video space so i niched into being more on, on the audio space so yeah Okay. So we've got pressures on pitch profile platform practice. So the practice is about going out and doing that scheduled pitch with your investors in a circle of people who know you best. So your friends and your family, it's sitting down for coffee and presenting them a pitch book or pitch deck. And essentially, it's a business overview of what you're trying to achieve. And in real estate, we are trying to invest in whatever the specific asset class that you are in. So it might be multifamily, it might be mobile home parks, but whatever that is, there's something that if you hand a pamphlet or a brochure to an investor over a coffee, it makes it real for them. And it really is taking that website that you've already created and putting it into a pitch deck and outlining your core values, your mission statements, what you're trying to do in terms of your investment strategies, how the investment's going to work out for the investor, maybe some structuring questions, maybe a hypothetical or an actual case study if you've been involved in any deals. And that is where you sit down, you, you practice with it and you practice, 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 practice. And I remember when I raised my first bit of money with you, Joe, I thought to myself, geez, I'm going to raise a half a million bucks or whatever it was. And I went out and approached 50 people and only three people in, Invested, And it showed how much I needed to double down on getting to grow my audience. But it was a real cold shower in terms of that practice part of it. You have to be consistent with it. And you think I'm going to approach 20 people and I'm going to get all 20 people to invest. Well, you're wrong. It's going to take a couple of hundred of people for maybe the three to 5% of those people to actually invest in your deal. So having that mindset going on the front end, and that's the practice part of it. And lastly? Patience, my friend. (laughs) But we want it now. We want it yesterday. Course, right? We always want it yesterday, but like anything, Tony Robbins famously says, You you overestimate what you can achieve in a year, but you underestimate what you can achieve in a decade. And, And 10 years ago, I picked up the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. Now I'm living halfway across the world and I control $150 million worth of real estate. I don't say it to boast, I say it because it's wow. Like, that's I pinch myself every day. I work for myself and I'm like, Holy crap, this is incredible! So, patience is a virtue and it takes time and, and it's a snowball effect. And combining with the five other Ps, it will take time and it will slowly build and you'll feel like you're pushing a boulder up a hill, but you will get to the top. And then once you get to the top, it will just cascade I, down the other side.
0: On the patience front, how do you know if you should exercise the patience or
1: you really are being a lot slower than where you should be? Yeah, it's a good question. And we're all trying to run our own race, right? With the social media age, we're looking at other people going, oh, I wish I was doing that. I wish I was doing this. It is about running your own race. It is about looking at your own situation and understanding, okay, well, I've got a full-time job. I've got a family to take care of. I can squeeze in a little bit of real estate investing or building my brand, say 10 hours a week, whatever that is, you have to be consistent with it. So that's the patient part of it. The patient's side of it is because Life happened. You got to keep food on the table. You got to keep a roof over your head. And you might have to still, for many years, I had a W 2 job plus trying to do deals on the side, plus trying to find investors. In one stage, I thought, geez, this is never going to happen. But I had to have that mindset that it will take time and anything worth building will take time. So that's really the patience part of it.
0: Thank you so much, Reed, for sharing the six Ps of raising capital. And best of luck on your book tour. Have really enjoyed our friendship and looking forward to continuing to. I'll interview you in five more years. That way we'll have our 10-year anniversary of when your first interview aired. And really, truly, thank you for being on the show. Hope you have a best-ever weekend. And how can the best-ever listeners learn more about what you got going on?
1: Easy. Jump over to reedgoosens.com. That's R-E-E-D-G-O-O-S-S-E-N-S. And Joe, thank you so much for allowing me to come back on the show.
0: Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Best-ever listeners, go to BEC20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference, BEC20.com. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. that's entrepreneurdrinks.com. dot com.